Welcome back to the Man Cave Caucus podcast, where you can be informed and also entertained at the same time, and where you never really know what exactly we're going to talk about. Right, Tim? That is right. I'm your host, Ben Baker, a conservative state representative from Southwest Missouri, carpenter by trade, a recovering college dean. And a guy who just loves my country. What mm. about you, Tim? Well, I'm not that interesting. I guess uh, I'm a dad. Yeah. And a carpenter. Extremely important. And a uh, husband. And, and I just, I stay really busy, but I don't know what I do. <laughs> I can relate to that. <laughs> I think it's so important to engage. And I think that's one of the reasons why we started this podcast you know, we're in a time where the freedom of speech is under attack, and um, it seems like, you know, there's so much misinformation out there, and but at the same time, there's so much information that you wonder what people are getting, and, um, you know, it's just so important to engage in these things, but also staying sane through a little bit of entertainment and comedy. Lord willing. So anything that we can do, you know, to make America great again, I think is important. Um, and part of the reason why we started this podcast is to help people be informed and also kind of a uh, lighthearted approach to discussing those things. So we're in the man cave once again. Oh, yeah. It's good to be back. Another Christmas in the trenches. Mm. How was your Christmas? I... I've asked about five five people that I've come across that I, I was really truly interested in that question, and each one of them said, "Well, I'm glad it's over." Yeah, and uh, I we had a great Christmas, but every time, I think there is a audible sigh of relief when it goes by, and uh, yeah, it, it is, and and you long for it. It's it's one of those things. It gets better. For the next 365 days following, or 364, yeah. and you're ready for it again next year. I but think part of it is it gets so commercialized. And, that is and, the problem. You know, it's it's all the pressures of yeah. the bright gifts and all those things, and sometimes we forget about uh, the real important part of it. So we're back from Christmas break, and now, I mean, rolling into the new year, full steam ahead. Oh, yeah. Which reminds me, Tim. We we haven't done a podcast since last year. You're right. I was. Uh, we're getting off to a good, a strong start, though, Ben. Um, yeah, one one down soon, and uh, this is episode ten, by the way. Nice. Yeah. We uh, definitely, you know, New Year. Do you, do you have any uh, resolutions, Ben? Well, I was going to ask you the same. <laughs> I, I knew you were, so I needed some time to think. So, I don't. I don't do New Year res- resolutions. I. I just something that I've never really done. I. You know, I do think of things sometimes, but it's not necessarily a New Year, right. um, time that I may make a decision on something to to do something. You know, a new thing or whatever it might be. But I don't know. It's just something I've never really done. But it's, you know, hey. Still a possibility. Yeah, it's never never too soon to start. But uh, no, I'm. I think my I do have a few a few goals. Yeah, and goals uh, are good. 
I actually, I actually started, started mine, um, at the end of, at the end of last year and, uh, going to try to carry the, carry that in through the year. And that is mine. It's a very shameful thing, but, uh, I'm not a, you know this, but I'm not a morning person. Hmm. And, uh, this is not the first time that I have made an attempt or a resolution. But now that I'm 30, 34, I'll be 35 this year. I am, uh, I've got a goal of never being in bed this year. And I'll, we can, uh, you can keep me, I'll, we can keep uh, tabs on this. Keep me, you can be my accountability. Yeah, I'd be happy a, to. Accountability buddy. Because I'm usually up by 445. And, well, <laughs> you and Dave could talk about that sometime, my uh, my brother and boss of 22 years. But uh, my goal is is to not be in bed past 8 o'clock this year, hey. a.m. I think that's doable. I got I to gotta weed out the 2 and 3 a.m.ers, yeah. and I feel like that's it is. That's got to go. So I am, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, in order to do that, I've realized I'm going to probably have to delete a few apps off my phone. I, uh, I deleted TikTok. I had it for like a month, and I realized, you know, this is not constructive yeah. to my life. Aside from the Chinese having all yeah. your information. Aside from that, like I signed that over willy-nilly, but it is deleted, and hopefully I unsigned something when I did that. I don't think I did. But um, then, you know, it's that Facebook Reels crept in. Mm. It's like the... Uh, Never-ending death reel. Yeah. And so the death, the doom scrolling, whatever they, they the kids call it these days, it's got to go. So yeah, there's those are those are a couple things that um, that I'm good resolute on. Yeah. So I'll let you know how that goes. I like it. We'll we'll continue that at some point. So first up on the on the agenda today, and man, we got a lot of things on the agenda for the podcast for the show today. Um, but a great innovator and inventor has passed this week. And uh, I just I thought it would be appropriate to give our condolences to Gaston Glock, mm. who was the inventor of the Glock handgun, which I happen to be a a big fan of, as you well know, and have used and owned many of, of their products over the years. And I think it's a I believe it to be a, a superior product for various reasons um, when it comes to handguns, depending on why and how much you use it. Uh, and the reason why a person owns a handgun. Um, but it's uh, it's an interesting story actually when you when you look at um, his life and and all and, and he's kind of one of the last great like a lot of the other big gun makers, over the years have, have long died off. Yeah. And, and I never really thought about that until I read a story about Gaston Glock this week, but like Beretta died, I mean, in the 16th century, um, wow. Winchester, 1880s, you know, there's uh, Smith and Wesson long time ago, Cole. iconic names that we know in the gun world. But, um, so he's Gaston Glock was really one of the last, you know, of the, what, we would probably look at as the modern era 
of gun makers. I thought you were going to say Mohicans. No, not you, the last of the Mohicans. You formed that M, and I got excited. Um, but he died on Wednesday. He was 94 years old. Wow. Um, and the Glock is something that is is unique as well because it has become almost synonymous with a handgun. Uh, and it's interesting because it's definitely not the oldest. In fact, it could be you know, one of the, the newer ones really looked yeah. at in the scope of things in history. But yet it has become kind of a, I mean, the word people use when it comes to handguns. 65% of U.S. federal, state, and local agencies, according to Glock, use um, that product. It's universal. And they're, they have some made in Georgia now, right? There is a factory yeah. in Georgia. Yeah, Smyrna, Georgia. But it's interesting to to look, I mean, because his company, I think, originally made like curtain rods mm. or something like that. It's like Lamborghini made tractors. And then, yeah, there's a lot of those companies, yeah. especially back in the day. Of course, the, the Glock handgun uh, came about, I believe, in the early 80s or mid-80s. But it quickly took the world by storm when it came to handguns, uh, and the success of that is is really remarkable. And I think for various reasons, like I said, um, probably some of the same reasons why I'm such a fan is the reliability is next to none. Yeah, I don't think there's another handgun out there that has better reliability for a polymer framed gun. It's lighter. It's not pretty. You know, it's just a, a very bland-looking uh, handgun, um, but it works every time. Yep. And it's probably the most accessorized handgun out there um, as far as aftermarket parts that you can use as well for that platform and making different modifications that you would like to do with, with handguns. So, um, I think some people put more... Um more knickknacks and paddywhacks on their AR-15 on a single AR-15 <laughs> than all Glocks ever sold. Probably. So Some it would be the second really most accessorized on their yeah. AR-15 accessories. I, mean, <laughs> I I wish I, I I have to show you that the uh, flashlight, my flashlight for my uh, AR. Is it one of the big ones? It's it's longer than the barrel. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Eighteen thousand. Lumens. So, uh, you know, rest in peace to Gaston Glock and um, what a success. Yeah. One of the things that I think is interesting, too, is, I don't know, I, I think people have a, a, a misunderstanding when it comes to a lot of things about firearms, but probably especially with Glocks, just because it has become kind of synonymous in like let's say like the, the the gang world or you know movies that have glorified gang violence or whatever it might be you know it's always a glock you know not that there aren't any other handguns out there that are semi-automatic that have the same functions as that handgun as far as a brand goes but it's it's kind of gotten a in some ways a bad name uh, when it comes to the social use of the word um, but I think most people that understand firearms, and especially those that have owned them, uh, 
I think it it holds a, a good place. There's there's always you know the the debate between like the the 1911s and the the Glocks, and people have their strong opinions when it comes to those two different platforms. Um, and I think there are some legitimate arguments there, uh, but it's it's unfortunate that that sometimes because of you know cultural things like movies and video games or whatever it might be that a company gets a bad rap but you never heard anybody rapping about um oh help me a beretta or a ruger no the oh, yeah i haven't heard that either but uh oh what's what's the or a uh, taurus no keep going you're <laughs> heading in the right direction A high point. A high point. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you don't really hear that. So. Probably for reasons. I was looking, I, I read a uh, quote, and I can't remember who it was by, but something about uh, simplicity is the, you know, a uh, when matched with uh, what, that's that's pretty much what Glock nailed. It's not a, nothing, no frills really, and yeah. just uh, terrific. They, it is. It's, it's it's quite a design. Uh, they minimize the number of parts that yeah. goes into the mechanism. Um, they also kind of made popular the internal safety um, rather than the external safety. Um, so just some very innovative things that are very simple in design, um, but practical in use. So. Yeah. I think all that figures into why Glock uh, has been so successful and why a lot of law enforcement and federal agencies and others use them for their force. Yeah, that's a that's one thing that uh, they say not to go to Harbor Freight for parachutes or uh, <laughs> right. safety harnesses. And uh, that is definitely one of those things you just want to work with you if you ever need it. Yep. So... Way to go, and uh, hopefully we have some more Glocks coming up. That, yep, uh, still room for improvement and more for innovation, sure. always. Next up is uh, Hans Schmidt. Tim, you ever heard of that name? I've heard of Hans Ring Solo. Not of the Schmidt. Probably not. Um, but this is the guy who got shot in the head while he was preaching on the street corner in Glendale, Arizona, hmm. not long ago. And he was in a coma for some time. I mean, close to like a month, I think. Um, but is now awake and doing better, I think, out of ICU. Um, so praise God for praise that. Praise the Lord, yeah. It's a big deal. But I thought it was interesting because I don't think it ever made mainstream news. No, I news. Never, never heard about it. And it seems as though that, you know, of course, no one really cared about reporting on the street preacher, man of faith, preaching the gospel on the street corner, you know, if it was an activist or some um, leftist cause or BLM activist or a victim of police violence or whatever, I'm sure you would hear about it for days. But um, not Hans Schmidt. Hmm. But it's an interesting story um, when you look at it. He's got a beautiful family, too, by the way. Um, but, uh, his wife, 
I think her name is Zulia, which is an interesting name. But she posted about it, and she said, In the blink of an eye, our lives was changed. You're a living miracle. Every day I'm amazed seeing you hold our baby boy once again, waving at our baby girl. You have a long way to go, but God will carry us through. Thank you to everyone who has been praying. Please continue to pray. Amen. And that's from, there's an article that has, uh, I think it's like Church Leader Magazine or something. It says, Hans understands some of what happened to him, but they aren't sure just how much he remembers because he's unable to communicate at the moment. And to their knowledge, uh, the police still don't have any leads as to who shot her husband. And here's what she said. I thought this was amazing. She said, I don't even care. I don't have the energy to really worry about that. Yes, I wish that person wasn't on the street. That would bring me some comfort and peace. But at the same time, it's like the harm has already been done, and she's not focusing on that. But I thought that was mm. what a what a graceful response yeah. um, to to that kind of a tragedy. So so keep Hans in your prayers, um, and hopefully he has a full recovery. Uh, but already to this point, just a miracle that he's alive. I would like to, uh, while on the subject, a good friend of mine had a stroke this week, and uh, his name's Jake Beckett. If uh, if you guys could keep him in your prayers and his family, um, 28 years old. And, wow. Uh, just believe in God for a miracle on that. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, that's an incredible story. What was his and name again? Jacob Beckett. Jake Beckett. Yeah, keep him in prayer. But 28 years old. Wow. Yep, it was uh, just un- unbelievable. But... Yeah, that's a, uh, he's, the uh, Hans here is way younger than I expected. That's, me and my, me and my grandpa used to go and street preach here in Neosho. And we would get beer bottles thrown at us every now and again, but. People are so rude and hateful. um, Yeah, that is, uh, that's wild. And in Arizona, I would not, I would expect it, you know. Other places. Yeah, that, that would not be the first on my list of, uh hate crime like that but well i'll tell you i think there's a lot of a a lot of things ratcheting up when it comes to the persecution of christians and especially those that are vocal Mm -hmm. about their faith in recent years and it seems as though many things in our culture are pointed in that direction Um, and definitely activist groups and others who seem to try to to villainize those people that are strong believers and vocal about their faith. Uh, And it's unfortunate because it's like, well, for one thing, it's just hypocritical, you know? Yeah. Um, They'll celebrate the criminals and, and then try to tear down those that are law abiding citizens that mind their own business and are just passionate about sharing their faith. So next up, Tim is president Trump is thrown off another state's, ballot yeah, I, this week, this time in Maine. Have I you actually, seen this Yeah, one? I actually did see this one. So Secretary of State Shinna Bellows has decided that he should not be allowed to be on the ballot. And literally, yeah. she has decided. She is also, she's interim, isn't she? I don't know. I believe she is an interim Secretary of State. Okay. 
So uh, I think this may be a bit of posturing for further... A bigger run? Bigger run. Imagine that. Yeah, there's a, Somebody there's a using their it. little platform to, um, to get a bigger platform. Once again, do not take news from this side of the mic. It, it the, seems like, though, I did desk, read something to... I believe she is a... To yeah, that nature. Holding the spot until the election comes back around. And uh, I'm sure, you know, her personal politics had nothing to do with this decision. No, 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 no. This, this, isn't, this isn't direct pandering yeah. for that future run. So let's listen to this this quick uh, little interview of her giving her response to this decision. What's your response to the suggestion this was made due to your political affiliation and that according to Trump's office, it will disenfranchise voters? My duty under the Constitution and Maine law is to review the facts and issue a determination. And my political affiliation, my personal views of January 6, 2021, I have no bearing on my decision. My decision was based on the facts, the law, and the Constitution presented to me in this hearing under Maine law. Unbelievable. What's your based on the Constitution, she said. <laughs> is that not crazy? Oh my to goodness. even have the gall to make that statement is just unbelievable to me. But I mean, I mean, think about it. A single person just deciding that, you know, I don't think you should be allowed to vote on this person hmm. based on my views of what I have seen. She didn't cite the Bill of Rights, I mean... No, obviously. <sighs> it's out there. If you if you want to if you want to have a little bit of rage, it's out there to be had, folks. <laughs> it's out there. I think she's gonna run for governor or something like that. That's that's my uh me and dad were talking about it and that was kind of I'll tell you what. I'm so sick of people and this is both sides, both sides of the aisle. This happens in Missouri all the time too. It's it's like there's there's no end to what they're willing to to do or say um, when it comes to if there's some personal gain benefit had, and gain yeah. to be had politically for the next step or whatever it might be, rather than just doing your job that you're elected to do um, and then carrying on. And I feel like like there are times when doing your job gets you caught in controversy. Controversy, controversy, and um, you know that's a uh, that. But that no, there's no such thing as bad publicity. But uh, you know that is, oh, it's you. You get to see that in full effect daily. And what's funny to me is that there, I can't tell you how many times you know, especially on social media or whatever it might be, but. People will make you the accusation that, you know, just whatever it might be, a bill that I've filed, for instance, and they'll make the accusation that you're just doing this to pander or you're just doing this for ulterior motives to to elevate your your name in, in the media or whatever it might be. And, and always I'm thinking, if I really wanted to be a politician, I would never touch this subject. Absolutely. I would never file a bill on this. I really wanted to just be loved by everybody. Yeah. Um, no, and and then sometimes you'll file a bill and something that your constituents want you to do and feel very strongly that it needs to be done. And the left will say, 
you know, I can't believe you filed this bill or whatever it might be. And I'll say, so, you know, you don't want me to represent the constituents that voted me to be in this position and to represent them. And then they'll just immediately go to slandering my constituents. Well, your constituents are all stupid hillbillies or, you know, whatever it might be. Yeah. It just goes right straight to that. Yeah. Well, you can't win. There's, and that's a, uh, while we're on the subject, um, I saw a disturbing video. Oh. Of, uh. Vivek. Oh. Ramashwamy. Mm-hmm. And it was... We're going to talk about him later on, too. Oh, I hope I'm not um, no, eating ahead. into something, but I saw, just while we're on the subject, because this is a direct correlation, I love everything that he is saying. Mm-hmm. But there is a slight slimy feeling somewhere yes. lurking. And I can't put my finger on it, but this is what really brought it to a head. Because, I like, nobody just pops out of nowhere and all of a sudden starts saying everything that... That we want to hear. ...our side of the aisle wants and desperately wants to hear. And then I saw this video pop up, and it could have been direct spoon-fed to me by China. I don't know. But... It's likely. It was where I get all my news. Was that before you deleted your TikTok? No, no, no. Okay. But I, you see the TikTok emblem on a lot of reels. Yeah. Facebook is kind of the, uh, Facebook reels is kind of like the, it's like the uh, caffeine to crack cocaine yeah. of, you know, still, you can still get out of hand with it. Oh. So I'm watching my reels, as I often do, legs going to sleep, <laughs> and uh, I... One pops up, and it's Vivek Ramaswamy, and they have side-by-side Obama quotes, Mm -hmm. direct. Wow. And Vivek Ramaswamy quotes. And I'm I'm already in the weeds. Verbatim. Verbatim. Already in the weeds a little bit on conspiracies, and I'm like, dadgum. Ola, who's the, who's the... Is he trolling us or what? Dude, I... I want to, like I said, I want, I'm all like, I'm all in on what he's saying. I saw that video and I was like, yeah, that's where, that's where I've heard this silver tongue devil before. Anyways. And I hope, I hope I'm wrong. I mean, somebody that believes it starts saying if it, if, you know, saying what he's saying, cause man, yeah. he is polished. Oh yeah. He's good. I just hope he's not a polished turd. Yeah. So Could anyways, well I, that was, that was all I was saying. Like I saw that and I was like, man, this guy, if, even if he just directly came up with these verbatim quotes himself, but it, it just, I, I started smelling that, uh, who's the, who's the guy that has, uh, used to be a conspiracy theory. Now I, I've heard, uh, Elon Musk talking about him, but the, uh, Jewish guy that, um, he kind of looks like a, a mole, a human mole. <laughs> um, Alex? No, no, no. Alex Jones talks about him. Oh. No, no, no. Um, the Jewish guy that uh, runs the that rigs elections. Super wealthy. Funded. Um, George Soros. Soros, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, yeah. I'm oh, smelling. The, the picture of him oh, dude. in his shorts in Barbados or whatever it was. <laughs> That'll make, hey, you want to lose some weight? 
That'll do it. You don't need to choke yourself with a toothbrush. Just look at George Soros in like, a speedo. What, 150 years old? I'm telling you, I started smelling some Soros stuff on this. Uh, anyways, but I put on my tinfoil hat, and uh, I'm hoping that hoping everything calms down and I can hear just somebody. And I, I feel like Trump, It's he's just taking a lot of one-liners from Trump, too. But it's so polished. It's I think he so, actually could be like. I hope he is behind the scenes. Almost have made a deal with the Trump campaign to be useful to him because you haven't seen him attack Trump at all. I know he's he's defensive, and that's what I'm saying. Like I, whatever's going on, he is like the perfect polished dream Republican, and it's too it, if it's too good to be true. It's almost like, you it know, probably is. Trump knows he, but it doesn't help him to show up to any of the debates. Yeah. He's, he couldn't debate like Ramaswamy could no, on I'm, issues. It now, would be brilliant. He has his own way mm-hmm. of handling debates, which is also entertaining. Yeah. But why not have Ramaswamy basically... She's go, he's going out there like... Articulate the issues like, that uh, you would want. Who was Trump's last... Um, I always forget. I'm so bad. Kaylee McEnany. Kaylee McEnany. He goes out there and Kaylee McEnany's just lays it out. Just lays. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but he, but like I've watched a lot of his stuff now. Reels figured out that I enjoyed his. And he's content. went after Nikki Haley m- yeah. more than anybody else, which I think is. It's what Trump would be doing yeah. if he was at those debates. Yeah. Let's be real. And so, yeah, he could be just an extension and he's just, it's so just he Trump has a mixture. Chess again, huh? Yeah, has a mixture of the politics and we're people this is not news this is pure speculation but i you know i could see why did why would trump not pick kaylee mcenany as his running mate Mm -hmm. you've got you know that'd be a good one they've been kind of at odds though Trump, yeah. Trump made some disparaging comments toward kaylee mcenany he probably shouldn't have as he has almost everyone else in the world, but mm. um, well, she would be a great pick. I think even as good, if not better, than Sarah Sanders. Definitely easier on the eyes. Well, but and uh, I don't think it gets any more um, polished as far as you know debate either. Yeah, I don't guess I've ever heard her debate, but yeah, more or less with the reporters. She's quick and witty. She's very quick, and yeah. I I feel like Ramaswamy is the same way, and so I just. I want to believe. Since you brought him up, um, there's a, a story this week, uh, Mediaite, I believe, is where it came from. But it, the headline was Ramaswamy throws in the towel on TV ad spending in Iowa and New Hampshire. It says the campaign of Republican presidential candidate Vivek Ramaswamy has stopped all television ad buys in Iowa and New Hampshire and has none scheduled between now and the caucus and primary in those states, respectively. Iowa will hold his caucus on January 15th, so that's coming up quick. New Hampshire's primary is on January 23rd. It says, uh, the halt in TV spending on Tuesday, citing Ramaswamy's campaign and data from ad tracking company. As recently as the full first full week of December, the GOP entrepreneur's campaign spent more than 200000 on TV ads. Last week, it spent just 6000 all of it on TV the campaign said it's reaching out to voters in Iowa, New Hampshire via other means now. So it almost seems like there's a 
kind of a backing off before the primary. So is he going to pull out before the primary actually, before Super Tuesday and before the primary actually gets heating up? Mm. Think that's a possibility? Well, I don't know much, but... Um, I mean, maybe his had his time and... Well, this is definitely the first I've heard, the first theory I've heard of the Vivek Trump puppet. Like, yeah. uh, it'd be interesting. It's just a theory. Huh. It's just a possibility. Yeah, I mean, I don't... Is uh, any other states trying to uh, get Trump off their ballot? I think there are some. Uh, none as of yet that uh, have made it this far. So the but, primary is in about five months. Well, no, it's not that far. I mean, so, like I said, Iowa starts in January. Oh. There's several in January. Super Tuesday is in March 5th, I believe. Um, so it's it's coming up pretty soon. Mm. Um, so we'll see how that, how, how that goes. But uh, it's interesting to see. A little backing off. I feel like we had more time. Yeah. No. It's going to be a wild ride, Tim, Mm. this year. It's about to heat up for sure. So next up, California just made it illegal for police to ask if drivers know why they were pulled over in order to promote equity. So this is a story from Not the Bee. If you've ever been pulled over, you no doubt have been asked the same question, the article says. Do you know why I pulled you over? You ever been in that situation, Tim? <laughs> I know yeah. I, I know I have. You know it. And if you're stuck in a 24-hour no-lying birthday wish, you might confess all your road sins like one of those faithful unloading at confession. It says, not the bee. But if that's not the case, you probably just calm up and shrug like the rest of us. In California, though, no one is going to have to worry about that uncomfortable moment come January 2024. A new law passed says California police officers are going to have to give their reasons for stopping people up front. That is my favorite part of being pulled over. It's like Jeopardy. How so? Well, you know, they ask a question, Mm -hmm. and you're like, the fact that I was driving dead down the center lanes while watching a movie (laughs) for the last eight miles and hadn't noticed your lights were on, 420. No, I mean, there's like, there's just a, I always have about five guesses when they do that. Mm -hmm. And uh, I always try to think of what the lowest ticket's going to be, mm-hmm. and that's where I start. Yeah. And if they say no, I kind of cut them I'm off sorry. before they tell me why. I was d- driving distracted, officer. Yes. Because they don't need to know about the rest of the stuff yet. No. And you hope that they don't, you know. It's I, their job to find out that stuff, right? But I definitely kind of, that that really is, um, that would make me sad to not get that. Yeah. I usually know. The bill requires a peace officer making a traffic or pedestrian stop before engaging in questioning related to a criminal investigation or traffic violation to state the reason for the stop unless the officer reasonably believes that withholding the reason for the stop is necessary to protect life or property from imminent threat. Hmm. So will that be like the first thing that comes out of their mouth when they walk up? I mean, that's like hello from a cop. 
uh, from a police officer. Right. Uh, I'm going to miss that, which I'm not in California that. Yeah, not yet. That often. Uh, but it, uh, the uh, Californians are coming our way. So Purposefully. You just, you. Uh, well, I've always said I don't want Missouri to become California. And there are a lot of bills every year that we fight in the legislature that I believe tries to make Missouri, California. Keep fighting. Um, so we're not we're not going to do that in Missouri. We're going to let the officers ask the question because it gives us a warm, fuzzy feeling. It's uh, nostalgia. Yeah. I wonder if you could have a uh, like a safe space sticker on your window to let cops know that they were okay to keep the uh, formalities up. Right. I'm okay with this, right? Yeah. You could maybe you could add that in the bill. If you have the sticker on your car that gives permission for the officer to ask the question, then it's okay. For nostalgia's sake. Yeah. I don't know. Good ideas. Good ideas. So Governor Mike DeWine from Ohio just vetoed a bill passed in the Ohio legislature aimed at protecting underage kids from transgender surgeries and hormone therapy, as well as protecting women's sports from men pretending to be women so that they can dominate in women's sports. And Governor DeWine, who is a Republican... I feel like I've heard this story before. He vetoed the bill. And, you know, this this guy is just... He's just awful. Governor DeWine, he was one of the worst when it came to uh, COVID regulations, especially in a red state like Ohio. This is the Republican who vetoed the bill? Yeah, Republican that vetoed the bill in a red state protecting women from men in women's sports and protecting kids from transgender surgeries. And he vetoed it. Cited the talking points of the left, basically saying, well, I think this is a decision that should be left to parents because they mm. they know these kids and they love these kids. And, I mean, that's the talking point from the left, which is absolutely insane to think about. One of my favorite um, clips of Jordan Peterson talking about the devouring mother the the lady who works for Disney. Do you remember? Have you are you familiar with this? Yeah, a little bit. He said that uh, talks about the, the odds. and moms talks about the odds she had a trans and a pan mm-hmm. sexual child, and he talks about the odds of that versus the odds of her just being a devouring mother in the way that only Jordan Peterson can. He's like, it's just the devouring mother. And- I love the video. Anyways, but this That's is a pretty good Jordan Peterson talking about talking about this. You know, you can't in so many areas. You know, you want to you want it to be left, and and like I said, this is where you just can talk yourself into a complete circle on being a libertarian when sanity is not in the room. You know, when they're when the adults are not in the room, it it really is a uh, there there are things that. You have to leave to, uh, I think we can leave this one to nature, leave this one to biology. So here's one of the reasons why I'm so adamantly opposed to someone saying, oh, you know, whatever the parents think is best when it comes to this issue, when it comes to 
a surgery or hormone therapy that could literally alter this child's life that is irreversible changes for a child. Here's the reason why. I'm going to play you a clip and watch this. Okay, you've got to see this one. So I'm going to play you a clip from, I think this is Alpha Fox's um, uh, Twitter feed. But it said, the, the title on it says, Kid Rats Out His Mother for Pushing LGBT Themes on Them. Okay. I saw, I've seen this so, video and it's... It's unbelievable. It's hard pill to swallow. So listen to this. I, so it's a mom. She's sitting in the background and there's two kids. One's got blue hair and the other one, I can't see when it begins he, here. But He's still normal, but... Uh, sorry, I should... That is that's probably insensitive, but he still looks like just a your typical four year old. Yeah, and, <laughs> and so she's obviously trying to get them, you know, yes. to to make a TikTok video here that that can help her bolster her street cred among the LGBTQ yeah. community, obviously. But here's what happens because this kind of goes wrong with this kid, and I shouldn't even be laughing because kids are brutally honest, and I just I my heart really did hurt for this boy. It did. But, but Tim, I see this all the time in the legislature. These people show up with their kids to testify in hearings on just about every well bill that has anything to do with the LGBTQ community a, in a, any way. A question I would love to ask anybody who is spouting this. What if your child wants to be a drug addict or an alcoholic at the age of, right. of five, seven? You know, or or a host of other things. Yeah, right. You're there to guide them to do the right thing and to, I mean, and and even once you hit teenage years, you're there to kind of keep them alive until the hormones calm down. Um, there were, and I I moved out um very very early, and I'm not a not really a proponent of it because I was. I had I had a lot of decisions that I was not mentally, and I was possibly mature for my age, still extremely immature, and um, I was not equipped for life at that point. And that is that's what our job as parents is to equip our children, equip our teenagers for the for what's to come. Yes, they're going to make their own decisions. You don't want your kids at you know at home till they're thirty, but. It's it's just a you know dereliction of duty to let your children make decisions that are this permanent and even far less permanent. I don't I wouldn't I wouldn't uh, yeah. be a proponent of. So, but go ahead with the video. Yeah. Sorry, so but. so listen to this. Your mom say you have to be LGBT. Um, no. no, I think she's what I want to be, but some. But go ahead, Lex. Go ahead. Keep talking. Say what you're saying. Um, my mom doesn't matter if I'm up if I am gay or lesbian or any of that. She doesn't care. All she cares about is that I'm a part of it. And if I'm not a part of it, she'll try to convince me to uh, um, get, join it. Cause I. If I'm not a part of it, she'll try to convince me to join it. I mean, that is the underlying theme with it's so the, many of these parents of these kids, and it's just heartbreaking to watch. Listen to the, the rest quiet of this. part out loud. And you could see her face change mm. in the background, like, oh no. He was you know? he was nailing the talking points and then he started just speaking the truth for just yep. an instant and it was incredibly inconvenient. Totally and flipped the script. What? Are you sorry right now? 
facts that I would convince. <laughs> she said, "What are you saying right now?" And he said, "Facts." Join what? The LGBTQIA plus community. Mm. Unbelievable, um, but that's what we're up against when it comes to these kids, and it's just, it's just a travesty. What's mm. happening with these ideas and things that are being pushed onto kids? I can't imagine. I mean, these kids in this video were what? I would have guessed like seven, seven eight and, years old, uh, maybe ten, maybe. I thought the the one on the left was even younger than that, but yeah, probably at ten years old. I had no idea about those things. I, I mean, the, these were things that were never talked about when I was growing up. And and here you have parents that are, it's like they're trying to live vicariously through mm-hmm. their kids' lives and parade them out. And it's like, you know, the more progressive you can appear with your family, then the more credit you get you know and i'll i'll send you that video of jordison jordan peterson because he he nails this this is exactly what that um she's a she works for she's a pretty high up in disney and uh he this is exactly what he talks about though that devouring mother that is living vicariously or you know just forcing more or less you know and for it's you're you know trading your children's lives for it's it's heartbreaking. I've seen uh, these kids come and be forced to testify in a public setting like the legislature by their parents, and they look like they could literally just break down and and cry at any moment. They seem completely distraught. They seem sad. They seem depressed, and these people will sit there and tell you that it's the legislature's fault that they're in this condition because we're talking about this. And I just want to scream out and say, well, you are the ones that brought them here. You know, I guarantee you those kids would never know what the legislature was dealing with unless they had put it in front of them and said, look what these people are doing to you, you know, and tried to use that kind of psychology on these kids. Um, it just, my heart goes out to him every time and it's, it's, it's unbelievable what's happening with that. Um, I think it'd be a good time to take a break. Yeah. I'm going to do that. Let's do it. We'll be right back. This is... Smooth jazz. We're back from the break. Hello, everyone out there. Welcome to Jabba the Hutt. We're going to finish up talking about uh, terrible governor Mike DeWine in Ohio. <laughs> DeWine makes me want to cry. I always wanted to do one of those late night jazz station radio shows. I feel like... I think I have the voice for it. I think so, but I I feel like that would be the one thing that I would feel qualified for because I don't think I would feel that um, like you were speaking in front of a crowd because I don't really know anyone who listens (laughs) to late night smooth jazz jazz. with a DJ. So um, I feel like that'd be a safe job. And it's always some obscure artist that you've never heard of that... Stretch your vocal muscles and uh, learn to be a DJ. It's the uh, first stop. 
to finish up, Governor DeVine, he's one of the worst. I think I mentioned that. But uh, I think here's the thing. Like, if you watch what happened with COVID and this as well, and many of the the states that are doing these bills, we, Missouri did one. We passed it. The governor signed it in Missouri, thankfully. But I think they're probably in the pocket of big pharma or what I call big health, if I were to guess. By the way, Tim, just a random quiz question for you. What do you think is the number one industry in the state of Missouri? Well, I feel like you led me into this one. If I were to... Um, Most people would say... I would have thought Anheuser, Bush before InBev bought them might have been up there. Um, but with the lead statement, I've got to go with Big Pharma. Okay, so most people, if you ask them, and I've even heard politicians tell people, you know, that agriculture no. is the number one industry in the state of Missouri, but it is, in fact, not the number one industry. Health is the number one industry in the state of Missouri. Just a quick little random fact for you. But I think it is the case where lots of times um, those that are making these decisions and really going against everything that we even have as facts right now. Here's the biggest thing with the, the issue when it comes to the transgender surgeries and all of that. We have no long-term data because this is relatively a new thing with kids just in the past 10 years. And there's really no long-term data to show what the outcomes of this is going to be. And I'm telling you, it's going to be absolutely devastating when we finally do get that data. But why are we going to wait until then when we know what kind of effects this has on kids. So I hope they vote him out in I, Ohio for sure. I have some family in Ohio. Yeah. I don't think they're DeWine fans, though. They are Jim Jordan fans. Uh, well, that makes two of us. But uh, anyway. Um, yeah, I think there's there's a lot of things that uh, that we have a lot of things that we have not really seen the full backlash from. And I think a lot of it is you, they're not looking for the facts. They're not looking for the data. And I don't know that they, you know, God for God forbid that this isn't curtailed soon. Will you look at the stories of some of those that have detransitioned and yeah. it's just, it's, it's awful what they go through and the constant pain that they have and, uh, now are sterile and aren't able to have kids when when they really mature enough to see that this was a bad decision and, and it was just a, a passing fad or an emotional thing that they were dealing with. And it's just awful that it could be something that prevents people well, from having a fulfilled life uh, in the future. So I know... I know this is a, it's another, um, it's not a direct correlation, but I think about, you know, how um, abortion will be a, be viewed, um, you know, a hundred right. years from now. Yeah. And uh, just a lot of things, I don't, I don't think we, I don't think that they're looking for 
any critical data on that, they will be trying to push it under the rug, if anything. Yeah. And, and if uh, you were to ask these people who, you know, claim that it's all about, well, whatever the kids feel like they want to do, we should support. I guarantee you, if you said, are you okay with transitioning? And they'd say, yes. Okay. Are you okay with someone influencing them to become a Christian? And if they make that choice, then you would be okay with it. Mm. I would say that in many cases, um, they would not be okay with that. I so would, what's the I difference? would say it's the same people who accuse um, accuse us of you know indoctrinating our children. It would call any any religion or you know a cult or a uh, it's just there's definitely two sets of rules for that's for sure. Yeah, it's it's not not the same to them all too and, often. And that is truly sad because uh, in a lot of cases that would be a, in my life, in my experience, has been a, has in fact filled in a lot of the, you know, emotional um, and spiritual and, you know, uh, not religion, but a relationship with God has been exactly what I think a lot of these people need and... uh, it, it really is sad that the places that you go looking to try to fill that hole. Yeah. And, uh, I agree. but yeah, it's, it's just disturbing when, uh, if, if we were trying to push life changing things onto our kids over, you know, over religion, it would definitely not, not go well, you know? And there's, I, I think there's in, in Africa, uh, would do some, uh, unseemly things to women yeah um for you know for religious reasons and stuff and i don't think female I wonder, genital mutilation yes i wonder how many of these people would get behind that or would have been outraged a lot by of that. these same people were major activists i know for the fgm in the 90s problem and now are okay with it it's with so kids. ironic Here. and it's it's such a uh it's it's confounding. Yeah. So we'll move on from that. Um, nice. Next up is a record number of Chinese nationals crossed the southern border into the United States last month, breaking the previous record that was set just a month before that. A full 4,797, almost 5,000 Chinese nationals, Tim were encountered on America's southwestern border with Mexico in November of 2023, according to figures from the Customs and Border Patrol. This is a story from the Daily Wire. It's the third consecutive month that a record was set for monthly encounters with Chinese at the border, with 4,261 encountered in October and 4,042 encountered in September. There were also... 7,245 nationwide encounters with Chinese nationals by immigration officials throughout the whole country in the month of November, Hmm. an increase from 7,164 in October. Sounds like a small army. That is a shocking increase from fiscal years 2021 and 2022 when there were just 450 and 2,176 Southwest border encounters with Chinese nationals, respectively. The number surged to 24,000 
2023 and has already climbed past 9,000 in just the first two months of fiscal year 2024. Uh, Unbelievable. You, and this is this is at the southern border, is it not? Mainly, yes. Yeah, is that not a wild place to enter? Like if, if I was... That would not be the first place I was I would go. I don't feel like if I you know by history. Well, just just for the record, not just Chinese, but but across the board, any nationality, two hundred and fifty thousand illegal immigrant encounters just in the month of November. Mm. Two hundred and fifty thousand, breaking the record again. How many babies are born a day? That's a good question. I don't know. Less than we've ever had, I think, I th- in I the think United so. States of America. We have a major population problem, by the way. We'll have to talk about that in a later podcast. But unbelievable with what what's had an administration with the ill border crossings. An estimated 1.7 million illegal immigrant gotaways being recorded since Biden took office in 2021. So that's 1.7 million people in our country that we don't know where they're at or who they are. So there are 329,978 births per month on average, and that's down from 350,000 in the previous decade. So we have almost as many... Um, it's replacing. ...illegal immigrants coming in as we do babies being born per month. Just, I, I mean, two, um, over two-thirds of... By some numbers, a thousand percent increase in illegal immigration from a number of different countries, including Afghanistan, Ethiopia, Dominican Republican, and, and others. So record high increases right now in illegal immigration. Hmm. And this is causing a lot of a lot of problems, aside from the fact that there are people who are pouring in our borders that are known enemies of our country to to me and, which is yeah the, that's uh the worst uh consequence of of this it and it it doesn't seem like a uh mm, doesn't seem like it it could end well but the uh i mean it, it's kind of wild the it went from they 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 took our gerbs to now like if you look at it it's it's uh the government is funding this fully it is and i think the new cry should be they took our tax dollars well and what's happening too is this administration is punishing states that are doing something about it yeah as well which i think tells the story that this is their plan to recruit voters well, and then the sanctuary cities. You bring them in, you give them free health care, you give them all the free stuff, and you'll probably get them to be a voter for your side for life, very likely. Well, the and I think I think the the black vote is slowly coming over. It is to the red, and uh, for good reason. I mean, they that is a. Uh, I think a lot of them have realized they've been lied to. Yeah, by the left, um, and used by the left. Yeah, and and they're waking up to that, and they're they're done with it. 
and rightfully so. Yeah, I mean, you you just can't live in a city with a. I, I just it, it boggles my mind to live in this live in a city with a like Gretchen Whitmer type, and have any good feels about about the about the Democratic Party and them having your best interest. And that's a. Uh, but I definitely, I mean, it 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 definitely could be. Uh, is more than likely vote pandering, but even the sanctuary cities who are getting a concentration of them are being overwhelmed yeah. by these and starting to porous say we borders. Can't do this yeah, it's like, like New York. It was it was uh, it was okay when it was ten thousand a month. That was manageable. And uh, what what the governors what the governors in southern states are doing sending them, yeah, paying them. Paying to get them sent to sanctuary cities is—it's changing the narrative. Hey, it's it's just a good good chess. Yeah. So so what's happening is so Texas says, all right, we're going to protect our own borders, as you could imagine, Texas would yeah. do, and the Biden administration threatens to sue Texas if they, by all accounts, uphold the law and arrest and deport illegal migrants and. This is this is the part that is mind-boggling to me, and I know that transparency and politics don't really align. But if we need, if we do, in fact, if we have a population crisis, we need these immigrants. Why are we not protecting our borders, loosening up immigration laws, and vetting who is coming in? Exactly. Uh, like I have no problem with immigrants. I no, I love it. Me neither. I. I have very, very close friends that are that are immigrants that are more productive members of society than I myself am, and uh, dear friends, I have no problems with that. Be upfront about it. Be forward thinking and active about it. Bring in the best of the best. Yes. Bring in you and, know by the, it, by the droves and strengthen the vetting. Strengthen our country with immigrants and and this porous border. It just doesn't. It doesn't work to let anyone, you know. And and the fact that people are coming from Afghanistan and China to the southern border to get over illegally, when, I mean, I, you know, I would think with the what's the law? What's the uh, three letter acronym? The equity. DEI. DEI. Yes, I I struggle. Folks. Diversity, equity, so, yeah, and inclusion. I'm just saying, I don't think, you know, I think we have quite a bit of, of diversity. Crank that up a notch if we need, but absolutely vet, you know, just knowing that a, uh, not knowing who's coming over is, should, should terrify every, it and should. it's not, it's not a fear of immigration. It's a fear of not knowing who's coming over. No, I mean, who if you know an enemy is, is wanting to, Enter your home. Yeah. What are you going to do? You're not going to let them in. You're going to do everything possible to keep them out. Yeah. That's that's not being mean to them. That is not being uh, xenophobic or any of those things yeah. that the the terms that are used by some. That is being responsible and saying, "I know this person wants to harm me and my family, and I'm here to protect my family." And I'm not letting them in. Well, and and that's the frustrating part that I'm talking about is it's not a xenophobia. It's not it's not a lack of understanding that yes, our we're in decline on population, but 
you know, it's it's so simple. I would from Republican or Democrat, if they said, "Hey, we're going to let 250,000 people a month come in." There's a plan for it. Yeah. They're productive members. And Man, here's the I'm like bump it to 300. Here's the oversight on what they we're love doing America. for Yeah. I mean, no, I went to a um a ceremony last year that were citizens who just received their citizenship uh, here in Newton County um, at the George Washington Carver Monument. And it was awesome. It was one of the most amazing things I've ever seen. People that were just weeping and crying because they did everything that they were supposed to do to, to get through this process and become an American citizen. They were waving American flags. They were crying when they were saying the national anthem with their hand over their heart. It was powerful to watch them because you could tell they love America. They want yeah. to be an American. They And literally part of that oath that they have to take says, I am denouncing the country I'm coming from, and I'm accepting that yeah. I'm becoming an American. We need more of that. Yeah. And, and that's... And that is that's where I'm I'm at, um, and I've I've written letters of recommendation um, for multiple people who I have as well. I had a you know I had a very have a very close relationship with them. I would vouch for them. I mean, they're family, and uh, even even a couple who did come over illegally who were able to get everything you know their papers right. And I'm I am all for if you're being a productive member if you long to be an American, I, I want to welcome with op- open arms. Absolutely. Let's, uh, but let's that's not, it. that's not what's happening no, right now. Right now it's not. completely porous and they're welcoming it and, um, it's dangerous and it's, it's, it's going to have a major, major consequence well, in this country. And you look at housing prices there. I don't think there is any planning whatsoever and i mean you i've i've seen a lot of videos and i don't think it's the worst you know i don't think it's the worst of the worst but uh, where they're just in by droves in police precincts in these sanctuary cities things like that and uh i mean this is like we already i mean it's almost impossible to afford a house for a yeah. a uh young married couple i mean what are what are we looking at in in five years? Well, here's another thing. I don't know if you saw the the law, another law passed in California, but makes it to where police officers don't have to be a citizen. Mm. Police officers in California could be illegal immigrants. Imagine That's, someone enforcing the law upon you who is an American citizen who is not an American citizen. Well, and these are the same people and, that are always talking about police brutality and, yeah. you know, the negatives when it comes to yeah. Well, law enforcement. You th- you think about, I mean, have you you've have you been have you ever been pulled over in another country and shook down a little bit? I've been with people who have. Yeah. Scary, scary times. I mean, how far are we away from, Uh from that? If, you know, and, and like I said, I have, I have no problems. I, I, I am all for it. I was in the middle of the largest, one of the largest ghettos in the world in India, um, in a taxi 
and we were pulling through there, and all of a sudden, the taxi driver stops, and, and there's traffic all around us, gets out, leaves the vehicle, disappears. Can you imagine all the things going through my mind at that moment? In the ghetto. Yeah. And uh, turns out that there was some uh, police officer that wanted a bribe because he saw that there were Americans in the vehicle. And so the guy had to pay a bribe uh, or face some threat and, and consequences from mm. the, the corrupt cops or whatever it might be. So when we got to the airport, I ended up, I just paid him the money uh, that he had to pay for the bribe, you know, because I was like, this is ridiculous. Mm. I'm just, I, but, that's, that's, that's my vision of a, you know, I don't know. It's like it's like not wanting California to spread to your state when people are fleeing California by the droves. It's uh it's that kind of a feeling that that's that's where California's heading if they uh yeah. if they continue the path they're down it's going to be it's going to get wild out there. It, it already is wild. So I got a funny video. Oh, I need some to humor. play for you. We need some humor. So Sorry, AOC folks is walking down the street. I think it's in New York City. I I guess I've seen this one. And you know, she's got her her bodyguard uh, sidekicks there with her yeah. and, and all that. Yeah. And these guys are just sitting on the side of the street heckling the fire. Yes. They start heckling her. The funniest part is he calls her ABC. Did you catch that part? Yes. I and what's funny is when he times. yells it out, like she thought, oh, it's another fan. You know, like yeah. you can tell she's like, oh, hi, you know. It like, started out pleasant. And then it, it deteriorated. Just, yes, quickly. So here's the video. Let it rip. The, it's good stuff. Oh, ABC. <laughs> oh, ABC. Hey. You're going you gonna to condemn Hamas and the terrorist attacks here or what? You know the three branches of government yet? You are such a... Three branches of government yet. Oh, you can man. tell her demeanor changes real quick. He's on to me. You are so stupid. You are the worst. You suck. You are the absolute worst. Condemn the Hamas attacks. Go bring some more COVID back from Florida. <laughs> it's executive, judicial, and legislative branches. They're horrible. Keep laughing. Keep laughing. You and Ilhan Omar, two Close peas in a pod. Two peas in a pod. Close the borders. Close the borders. Doing a great job. Enjoy your Christmas shopping while we care. <laughs> that was in New York. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. I think it's in her own district, actually. Most likely. Could you imagine? Oh, man. Oh, I just thought, I mean, look, I would never, I would never do that to someone even if I vehemently disagreed with them or whatever, but I thought that was pretty funny. It was humorous. And it, what a happy accident, you know, her walk, they were, they were just eating. She walked by them. Yeah. It's probably Jews. Uh, New York has quite a population who are th really upset I would with say, a lot of those people, especially the squad for their support of jihad and there's and a, all that is going on with Hamas. There's a lot going on really that, uh, I, I just cannot imagine. I'm, I'm going to be very suspicious if a red wave does not come soon. The last two elections, I uh, it was a 
red wake, like you might see at a uh, chintzy water park <laughs> in the wake pool. Yeah, and uh, it's it's becoming more and more suspicious the more outrage that I see. And i I don't go out i I don't go out seeking outrage. Right. I really no. Don't. Like I I I'm much happier when I bury my left head. alone. Yes, bury my head in the sand and just yeah. live. It, sometimes that's all you can do, like and that. I think that's most of the population. Or we'd all be like the Civil War would have happened a few decades ago. Yeah, but and, and that's a, a lot of this. And I'm not a proponent. I'm just saying, like you, if if you're looking for it, you will find it. And that's what I was saying earlier about whether it's reels. What there's just too much news, too much media available not to uh, stumble across something that just gets you. Yeah, triggers. Yeah. Anybody <laughs> can be triggered. I would use, but you're probably right. It, so I, you know, I stay in my safe space. Yeah. And, uh, you know, but with all of that going around, I just cannot imagine that. I hope the, I hope the wave is building because I feel like, I feel like they're building massive. I feel like the, uh, fraud, whatever it is, is just massive levies that they're holding back a flood that is has I think is I think it's happening. I just the, how many people can you disenfranchise and expect to just keep on voting blue because keep grandpappy their, keep taking their rights, keep taxing them into yeah. oblivion. You know, denounce their people. How many, you know, how many people can you ostracize and still expect them to vote right. your their party line because grandpappy did it? Well, I can tell you one thing: when the Amish are fired up to to get out there and vote, you know it's, it's you really know I've never bad. thought of pandering <clears throat> to the Amish, but I had uh, some Amish folks that uh, that came and and helped us in a parade. I brought their horse and buggy. Put I, a put a Ben Baker sign right on the side of it. Wow! And proudly drove their horse and buggy in the parade. The I was love, awesome. I love the the Amish. Um, I've, we've worked in some towns that had very high populations, and the Amish are the kings of loopholes. Yeah, and uh, it's very. They're just. It's incredible. Like they find these little loopholes, and I mean, I saw a tractor with a horse trailer <laughs> with a battery powered mini split, mm -hmm. but it was installed by someone else. It was right. someone else's battery. Yeah, someone else's mini split. As long as it's somebody dead of winter, somebody else's. Thirty Amish women piled out at Walmart, and I was just like, man. Yep. They find a way. They find a, where there is a will, there is a way. Yeah. And uh, but I've had I've had the pleasure of working with you know them what, also. What and it's something just that's incredible. Really, people. and this is way off topic, but that's okay. Nothing new for us. Uh, <laughs> Rabbit. Trap. Do you know that COVID was almost non-existent yes. among the Amish? I didn't yeah. know that. That is. Uh, is it surprising? No. I. Uh, that's another thing we were talking about. You know letting your children make choices without knowing uh, 
and and you know go that's that was the other abortion is one I'll be interested in seeing you know 50 100 years from now lord willing that you know that we stop the madness yeah. but covid's another one that's just like yeah we have no idea history is not going to, to uh, uh, look back well on well depends who writes yeah, that history that's, that's and right. uh that get out and vote um you know it's it is time to be heard in such an overwhelming way yeah. we need the amish out we need the you know so it, it's going to take some voices it is and uh there's never been a better time to be involved and be engaged that's for sure or a, a more important time um so this morning i get up and i'm working on a few things and drinking my coffee getting ready to go to work and work a good hard day uh on the job on a saturday i was i was right there with you just a few hours behind and as i'm drinking my coffee i'm flipping through my twitter feed and prager you uh, who is an account that I follow and has a lot of good content and information, research, all kinds of things. They had a video up, and the title on it just says, Bring Back Masculine Men. And so I clicked on it and listened to this video, and I'll play it in just a minute, but I shared this video, and all I said was, I said, Amen to that. It's our only hope. And you would not believe the backlash that I received from the left on my ex account today while I was work, whilst I was working and I had no idea. And I get back in my car to go home and I pull out my phone and it had been, it, it was literally smoking from had the torpedoed <laughs> the amount of comments being left on there. You, you should have, you should have quipped, bring back JWS. Yes, uh, that might go right over their heads. But so, listen to this video and tell me what you think. Here we go. If a country is gonna fall, the men go first. Where are all the men? If men don't care about the future of this country, if they don't have a stake in it, if they're not civically engaged, if they don't know who their local congressmen are, if they don't care about God, if they don't have a God to fear that's gonna hold them accountable for their actions, this country is screwed. And that is exactly what is happening. Right there, it's playing like pictures from different movies and things of, of men um, who you know, obviously they viewed as masculine men and it kind of flips through those, you know, like there's a cowboy and there's a, a black man in a church who's praying. There's, you know, several different uh, people that are portrayed in that set of pictures that they put on the video. So what about that, Tim, is wrong? Is there anything there? I mean, I don't know what would... I don't think there's anything that would trigger the average American. No. Um, I I believe, I definitely agree with what was said there. And uh, 
But I, I, I understand that, you know, so we're not all of... Here's what I have encountered. Like, I, I think they have a completely skewed view and definition in their mind of what a masculine man is. And they, they always go to, like, the macho man, you know, the... You know, like the most exaggerated character in the movies. You know, we've mentioned John Wayne before, but even John Wayne would, I mean, truthfully be kind yeah. of looked at as an exaggerated form of, you know, a masculine man, right? And probably more so now than it was then. Yeah. But, you know, the 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 true definition. So th- this is what I want to talk about. Like, you know, obviously the left, they can't even define what a woman is, and obviously they can't define what a masculine man is either, because you can see it. Like, the the way they started commenting on my tweet, it, I mean, it had quite a range, but immediately it went to, you know, well, you're not masculine, or, you know, um, there's plenty of masculine people out there, but you're not one of them, you know, or whatever, or, hmm. you know, you think you're so tough or, you know, and they aut- automatically go to these things that they view in their mind as being a masculine man, which to me is not even really in the list uh, of, of what a true yeah, masculine man is. Provider, right. protector, you know. It's so weird and hypocritical because also in that list of comments, and I'm not going to read them because I don't want to give them any, you know, bolster their their yeah. Twitter feed and their their bravery and and what they do, but homophobic slurs were dished out in such a cavalier way as well. I can't tell you how many they will do that as well and say... Two weeks ago, you were toxically masculine. Was it three weeks? Right. Anyways. Oh, how the worm has turned. Right. And it's, it's like the same people that if you were to make the same comment of any kind... Hmm bury you. Yeah, immediately. But it's okay for them whenever they think, you know, that it fits uh, the narrative that they're trying to create, that all Republicans are trying to be macho men or whatever is some twisted view in their mind. But, you know, to me, you know, is, is the masculine man, a true masculine man, that is a good man, that, that, that takes his role seriously, that, that is one who truly values women, treats them with respect, one that provides and protects. Is it so rare that they don't even really know or they have never experienced it? Well, that was the first question that popped into my mind. Or they know. Do you, you have men that you have known in your life that you aspire to be like? Well, yeah. I mean, when I think of a masculine man, I think of my father. I think, yeah. I think, you know, I, I looked up to him as as a young kid, as as the ultimate man growing up. And, and I still do. You know, a man who, who worked hard every day, who, uh, you know, to make ends meet, who was tough as nails, but also had a soft heart, who loved his family, who took time for his family, even when it was tough to do that, who who taught me everything, taught me how to work how to, you know, think for myself, how to figure things out, and gave me the freedom to do that, gave me the freedom to make mistakes, yeah. and then tried to help me avoid mistakes. Oh. You know, all of that I look at as a masculine man. It has yeah. nothing to do with the physical. I mean, my dad was was not really a big hunter. 
um, was not a big firearms guy, even though he owned some firearms. Um, but he wasn't an avid enthusiast like I am. But that's that never entered my mind as to my, looking at my dad as a masculine yeah. man. And and that's where that's where I was heading with this was I can think of five men who I aspire to, you know. Lord willing, I live, uh, you know, a long and um, healthy life that I aspire to have various attributes from them. And I wonder how much the deterioration of the, you know, atomic family, so to speak, or the, you know, how much that plays into how many people, you know, either didn't have a a father or didn't have a, a grandfather or didn't, you know, how far removed are we? How much of the population has been raised without a positive male role model yeah. that they despise masculinity, that they find that to be a toxic trait? Or they had a bad experience with someone who yes. was just a jerk, you and, know, and or maybe abusive well, or whatever and, it might be. And they looked at that as masculine, and, and those, that is the farthest thing but from those, being masculine. And those jerks are also a byproduct of the same thing, you know, the, the bigger times. problem, yeah. a lot of times they're coming from, you know, it's a, the deterioration of society really. And the reality of it is, and we we have been so blessed. We have, I can look back through five generations of the history that I know of my family and just look, you know, man after man that was I mean, the, the, the men that our country was built on, that's what I see when I see a man and what I aspire to be. And it just makes you wonder what kind of, you know, and I know, I, I know so many people who don't have that in their lives, especially as a father figure, somebody who just provided, who was sacred. The model of a, you know, the, to want to be a man, to want equality with a man, to, in the sense that they're looking for, like the feminist movement's looking for equality, nobody wants that. If it's truly what we're talking about, that sacrificial, the you live for your children, you live for your your family, right. you live for the community. You put your own wants and that needs is aside what I think of else. when I think of a man, and that's what yep. I want to be. And it's not a glamorous thing. No, it's a it's fully sacrificed. The people who, the, you know, the men and women who died. And I think if we look at the numbers, it was, it was largely, largely the men who go to war, who sacrifice for their country for, you know, to build the, what the, to give us the freedom we have. And we, to look at that and see that as toxic and not what it is. And that's how twisted our world is right now. To be a man, in my eyes, in my, in my experience is, you know, a, a, and the older I get, I've learned, I was a very selfish boy. I was a, I, you know, and it, as I mature, I realize that being a man is not, there's nothing glamorous about it. And it's why so many people don't, so many boys don't want to grow up is because being a man is not easy. Yeah. It's not fun. It's not glamorous. And, but uh, it's so important. I mean, you look at some of the the worst ills in the world today, and a lot of it goes back to problems with 
fathers not being connected, fathers not being involved, fathers being abusive, and on yeah. down the line. You look at crime statistics today, um, and that's the the common denominator when it comes to a lot of the, the world's yeah. issues today. And, you know, I mean, we joke about things when it comes to, you know, manly man, being a yeah. manly man or whatever. Every every man does. Um, because that is, that is the only fun part yeah. of being, right. being a man is is those the things that we yeah. joke about, the things that are portrayed in the movies. That is the glamour. the And it's few and far between, you know. It the, is. And it's... It is a, it's something that I take, I take so much pride in being a man because how hard it is. Like, and I'm not complaining. It's, it's just how, I mean, that's, that's what we were to do put it here right. for. It's difficult. It's like, it would be the same thing as us going and belittling stay at home moms or working moms that are working three jobs to, you yeah, know, that is moms. that sacrificial, like if, if that was. To go and belittle that, you know, single moms who are having to right. play both roles, who who have to do that, and incredibly uh, difficult. And I would never belittle that. And I feel like that is more or less they're looking at it, and and I get it. There are bad people out there, but don't equate that. And that's all they're doing is equating yep. the worst case scenario with what it is to be a man, and that's so you know, far from it. And, and that's a, you know, our responsibility to raise, you know, our future generations up to know what it is yeah. to be a man. And, and that's what I was talking about with that tweet yeah. and saying that our only hope and truly is that men take their role seriously. Yeah. And that they, God forbid, and that, you know, you, you get a, you get that kind of feedback. It, it really is disturbing. It really is. It's scary to that, see. Uh, the view that people have that is so twisted that isn't the reality of what yeah. a, a masculine man really is because it has nothing to do with a lot of those other things. You know, how how many muscles or, mm-hmm. you know, whatever it might be, um, what kind of truck they drive or yeah. how many guns they have or whatever they think in those terms. Um, do I think some of those things are naturally men are naturally drawn to absolutely yeah it's it's in us and there's no escaping that um we're created that way but i just think it's important that not only we take our role seriously but we live in such a way that others and especially the next generation and our own kids know the difference yeah and they know what a real man is and they know that a real man masculine man can show emotion, can be protective, you know, can have a the ability to 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 have a soft heart and to love in a deep way. Yeah. And in a in a in a right way. And I do believe, and I stand by it, I do believe that it's essential to survival, to to our country surviving. And I still think it's important and to I, this day. I know this is not a religious podcast, but... Well, maybe not primarily, but we have no problem discussing religious issues. I think the same goes for the slide morality. Is uh, you, you look at what, you know, Jesus 
referred to God as you know the Father. And uh, when you mm-hmm. think of when you think of God from a father perspective, the father has the role of fatherhood has diminished and diminished and diminished, and that's what they're actually fighting against. Is you know a man um, that is that's the role I think everybody who had a father to look up to, and so many people have had bad experiences or just not had a father in the home, yeah, things like that. It's it's hard to understand a you know, a, a loving father for a lot of people. And that's the, really the message that, yeah. of the gospel. And so it all, it all goes hand in hand, I guess. And you that, and I both were blessed to have that. Yeah. Um, and I know there are a lot of people who didn't have that, but be that, be what, that, learn, change the, yeah, yeah change it, the cycle. And, um, uh, that's the only way that, uh, that's, that's how we save America is really through, it is through, through men through, and it's not, I mean, mothers play such an important role, but if men are being men, everything works. And, and to diminish that role, I would never, you know, diminish the role of a mother and whether that is as a working mother or a stay at home mom, whatever it is, I think the, uh, divorce rate, everything just speaks to that gradual decline in not having yeah. a, uh, and a, you know, a full having it the way that, that it was meant to be. And there are major consequences when it's out of the proper order. Well, all right. Good stuff, Tim. Um, yeah. With that, I think that ends everything we got today. Really went off on a tangent. That's but, okay. Uh, no, it's good stuff. I definitely thankful for the men in my life that, uh, yep. and, and definitely, you know, our country, you you go back at the uh you go back and look at the founding fathers those were that that's the masculinity that uh doesn't sound, doesn't seem toxic you know but yeah. that's that's coming how you, from how a, you respond when the world is on your shoulders it's it's coming from a uh conservative you know point of view who who holds those the values that they held you know near and dear so oh. but yeah hap, hey happy new year everybody yeah um, hope hope this is the and best just, one yet. Just so you know, fathers out there, keep going, keep it up, and a do, lot of it do really better is. If you need to do better. It really is up to you to be engaged, to be engaged and connected with your family, to really take those things seriously. It's so important. The future depends on it. All right, so. Hop over to Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Leave us a five-star review if you like the show. And uh, you can keep up with us on our socials, Instagram, X, at the Man Cave Caucus. And with that, Happy New Year, everybody. Happy New Year.